welcome back to another podcast of Sons and Sparrows. Uh, I do have uh, my next guest on here that I am excited. I have been elated, standing on tiptoe to have uh, for a while. Uh, the very one that kind of just been wind in, uh, in me going for this. But uh, I have uh, Papa Jason Towns in here with me. I appreciate you coming through. Absolutely. Awesome. It's an honor. Awesome. It's an honor to have you. you just is. keep standing on tiptoe, you know, you and the rest of creation. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, all right. So I just I just want to just hop right in it and just start asking some questions. This is just kind of uh, <clears throat> office conversations that we normally have anyway. But I kind of want other people to hear that, that tune in. Oh, Lord. There's been some really cool feedback from people. So um, I definitely want to have people hear your heart and all of this. But um, the very first question I want to ask you is <clears throat> how vital is it being hidden in Yahweh? I remember you preached on this um, and taught on it probably two years ago. You were teaching us being hidden in Yahweh. But how vital is it still to this day being hidden in Yahweh, especially in today's modern church um, with how people are viewing the feel, um, the need to be heard or the pressure to exhibit their anointing or their giftings? How, how precious or how vital is that still to this day? That, that question um, goes back further than, than the message that I preached um, two years ago. You know, for um, myself, and, you know, remember anything that I talk about also includes my bride, yeah. Misty. Um, but that goes back uh, years back when Misty and I were at CI, Christian International, with Bishop Hammond and Apostles Tom and Jane Hammond, uh, going through all the apostolic prophetic training, all of the mega conferences, people coming from all over the world, like 250 churches would get together. And so this uh, began to create uh, in me the want to go out and get sent out. And they were always saying you would get sent out, you know? Yeah. Because, Jason, what you carry, there's not a lot in our culture that carries what you carry. So we really want to get the message that God has put inside of you out to the rest of the world. And yeah. they began to um, send yeah. us out locally and you know, I think that would have eventually developed um, international. But <clears throat> I was uh, ministering in the prisons in Walton CI, and um, I knew that in that moment that um, going out and traveling to the extent that I felt like it would have branched into wouldn't have been a good healthy thing for multiple reasons. Um, you know, I chose a job and a career in owning my own business so I would be at home with Misty and the boys. Yeah. And I knew that if I began to let that ministry curtail and just begin to just move into what it would have been, then what would have been the point of me starting my business so I could be home with Misty and the boys to say, oh, well, this is ministry. This is bigger. This is better. Mm -hmm. And so I really just had to, to just release all of that to Yahweh. Yeah. And I remember him telling me in that time, you know, being hidden can be one of the most difficult things to do mm. because it's in all, inside of all of us to, to want to be heard. And when we get revelation, we want everybody to know. It. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man. Yes. Sir. And then heaven forbid somebody actually pays you <laughs> to say it. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like I finally made it. I'm a professional now. Yeah. I'm finally getting paid, you know, um, to do this. And um, that can be a very dangerous deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's ex an extremely dangerous thing. I, the importance of remaining hidden, um, I'm thankful that I did it. I didn't have to have any type of a systemic exit from a system. Yeah. You know, um, being hidden kept me from the machine, from the hamster wheel of performance in ministry. It really did. And it really uh, um, matured my heart to a place that um, I've never been church hurt. Mm. I've never been church hurt by a church. I've never been church hurt by leaders in a church that I was the part a part of. Yeah. Never, never been church hurt. Uh, never been offended um, with somebody in the church. Have I been uh, frustrated? Certainly, you know. Um, but but I wasn't leading it, so I'm not going to judge their actions that how they were leading at that time. But really, by remaining hidden, um, it, it allowed me to just be able to peer in and not get offended in, in, in any way. Um, not to mention my relationship with Yahweh. Being hidden actually developed a more personal relationship and lifestyle, devotional lifestyle with Abba yeah. and Yahshua versus uh, reading scripture to come up with the next message. That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like any of the messages that you hear on the church's podcast or anything of that nature is none of that comes from my devotional lifestyle. Yeah. My devotion is, is separate. That's the secret place. That's me and daddy's heart. Yeah. None of it has anything to do with what I'll share on a, on a Saturday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really believe that that part of being hidden really allowed me to go deep in my devotional lifestyle with Abba. Yeah. Versus like what I said. And, and I know those that are, that are traveling itinerant ministers, um, evangelists, all, all of it. They're reading the Word of God to find another place of revelation so that they can then teach that to people. But what is their devotional lifestyle? Yeah. Do they have they have they developed one, or do they call that their devotional lifestyle? And I think that that's dangerous. Yeah. I believe that Abba is moving out of that, and really, what's happening is those that he has hidden, he is choosing to allow them to be exposed to a culture, or can I say it like this, a culture to be exposed to them mm. that allows them, those people, to go, wait a minute, we don't know who this guy is, where these people came from. It's like they've been stuck in a cave, but mighty God. Yep. They love big. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if that really fully answered the questions or provoked more. No, that or, that's good. I remember, you know, you and I talking about being <clears throat> hidden and and comments people would say to you like who are you where did you come from <laughs> you know and and it's it's those things that's like that's so beautiful because you didn't come from a big stage you didn't come from big names or big ministries it's one of those things that only Yahweh himself could elevate you to the place where you are now and and I find it it, it makes me treasure even more those devotional places with the Lord to where it's you learn how to guard the secrets that he shows you and not to prostitute them when you're hidden with him yeah. You really start to treasure them yeah. in your heart. A whole you put so much more of a value 
and honor when he does speak. And when you treasure them, you're not so um, readily or, or at the at the ready to grab a microphone and say, "Oh, this is what the Lord shared with me the other night." Yeah, you're, he's like, "Man, you 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 love my secret so much that you." It's not that you're afraid to release them. It's the fact that you just love his voice so much that you're, I just want to hide your voice right here. Yeah. I want to keep it just between me and you. It's, it's the same thing with your wife. You don't yeah. go and expose every single detail that you do with you and your wife. Right. So why do we feel like we need to do the same with the word of God? Yeah. So it's, I, I love I, that. I, I think that um, I, I can touch on that, what you just said. <clears throat> you know, when... If I didn't have a devotional lifestyle and have a have a have a true relationship with Abba, you know, mm-hmm. like a real one. Yeah. I'm not talking about yay, I, I I'm talking about a real one. I'm talking about one that you, that we can weep. Yes. And just be in his presence, crawl up in his lap, and that's it. Yeah. I'm good. You can take everything else away. If you stripped everything right now, if yeah. you stripped the house, the cars, you can't take away misty that's not fair but but the church if you take away all of that i'm still completely satisfied yes and that's a huge statement oh man yes that is but but that's the truth that's the truth of 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 who i am and who christ is in me and so um almost got confused with what i was about to say there maybe that was yeah no, that's. I, was I think that's the thing. When you become so enamored in the hidden, in the hidden place with Him, you you can begin to really say with confidence, "Lord, you can take everything from me." Yeah, and you can say with with your heart completely exposed that the stage, the microphone, the masses, yeah. the yeah. congregation, none of that, all of that is a consequence of the secret yeah. place. Yeah. So if you did just like you did with the prophets in the Old Testament, I'm still yours. Yeah. That those tears are still as genuine as before. Yeah. If anything, my heart and my soul and my spirit longs even more because I know what you're going to have for me later on is going to be even greater than what you just took from me. Yeah. He giveth and he taketh away. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't anything you did in your power to get you to where you are. So why is it that whenever he does say, just as we, like we do with our children, we take something away that's to us is small, to them it's big. But it's like if you could only see what I have behind the door in your in your bedroom. You wouldn't be crying over this little thing, yeah. And so it's, I, I find, man, I'm, I'm so jealous for secret place things. That's something that Sarah and I have been talking about here lately. Just, it, man, it, it's one of those. Uh, it's a, uh, you and I have a have a conversation. You know what conversations I have with you. Mm-hmm. That is between us. Yeah. That's only done through relationship. That's true. I believe everyone can hear from Yahweh. Yeah. And I believe that Yahweh speaks to everyone in every form that they can hear. Yeah. But they have to learn how to tune their ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Once your ears are tuned to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, you know if he's telling you or if he's telling you to tell them. Yes. And there's a huge difference because there's a lot of people that hear the word of the Lord Mm -hmm. and they're like, I have the word of the Lord. And, you know, but even at that, very few of them have the boldness to make it a public thing. They need it to be parking lot presbytery or what I call prophylion, right? (laughs) They need that to go on because they don't want leaders around. Yeah. They don't want pastors around. They really don't want other people around whenever they're given it. 
And so there's not a whole lot of confidence. Yeah. The confidence that, that, you know, that person should actually have an extreme amount of confidence. Yes. They just heard the word of the Lord. Okay. Now, what do you do with it? Mm. Are you to pray about it or are you to deliver it to the person? Mm -hmm. And that question can only be answered in the devotional one-on-one relationship lifestyle with the father. If you have to ask that question, you don't know. That's right. But if I walk up to my wife and I say something to Misty, mm -hmm. she knows if she should go to others and say it or not. Yeah. It's a, it could be, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. There's certain things that you and Sarah talk about that other people aren't going to hear. If we don't have that type of relationship with Abba, yes. what are we doing? Man, say that. Yes. What What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is he distant? Is he so far away? No, he's in me, the hope of glory. Yeah. Yes. You know? So some would say, oh, well, in me is the hope of glory. So if he tells me something, and I'm saying, no, that's not, that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. He lets you know when you're supposed to release it. Yeah. You know, and just because you heard the Lord or I walked into the room and I felt this in the spirit and I believe this is for you. Just go ahead and and, and don't even pay attention to that type of a prophetic word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we started out with I believe or I think or I no, feel. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't I don't know who this is for. Yeah. I don't remember seeing that in scripture. Yeah, yeah. yeah but when I saw you standing here and you were crying at the altar, so I figured you'd be a perfect candidate for this word. <laughs> Can I make this statement? Because you said we, we could go here because my brain's going there. People who are weeping at the altar. People are in the presence of Yahweh. They're like in the lap of the mercy seat. Yes. Okay, okay. They're in the waterfall of his presence, weeping in his presence. Why do people narcissistically feel like that's the person I need to go pray for? Please tell me what you could possibly do while somebody is getting a big, fat, sloppy kiss from heaven. Yes. Please tell me. There's and, and I so so I feel the Spirit of the Lord right now to give everyone a prophetic word who may do that. Mm -hmm. go, here go here it, it is. Here's the prophetic word. You ready? Yes, sir. Stop it. I felt it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> It would be kind of like somebody being in an emergency situation yeah. and Yahweh shows up and he's down on his knees and they're on the ground and he's taking care of them. And somebody like an EMT dude comes in and is like, I'm first aid certified. Yeah. Wait, we have the author and the finisher, the creator. Yes. The beginning and the end right here, right now, fixing a heart, fractured heart issue. And you're going to check their temperature yeah. what are you gonna do what could what what could man do not to not to <laughs> degrade man in moments like that but no. what could we do to step in and say god i'm just gonna add to what you're doing yeah like that yeah i feel like unless you know exactly what that person is going through in that moment mm -hmm. if you know exactly what that person is going through in that moment you have to make a call if me going to them laying my hand on them comforting them, being with them, I always have to ask myself this question. If I do that, will it push them further 
to the throne of Yahweh or will it pull them out of the moment? And if it will push them further to the throne of Yahweh and whatever he's trying to touch just by me saying, I touch and I agree with what Yahweh's doing in you right now, will it propel them? Then I will go. If I don't believe that will be the case, then I have no reason to lay my hand on them. Yes. Yes. I concur. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I feel like the Lama is supposed to walk in in that moment and be like, you know what I mean? I feel like that, that's what's happening. I feel like yep. that's how it pulls people out. And see, when, when that when that happens, I think this is when it's vital. Like, there's a reason why we have pastors, we have leaders that, that are within the church that we are to trust, apostolic mm-hmm. government that is within the body, mm-hmm. that we are to trust to go to and say, hey, listen, I'm submitting this when I'm, when I'm hearing from the Lord, what I believe I'm hearing. Even if you're like, man, I really feel this. And if you agree, or if you're hearing it as well, there, there, there was a time or two where I come to you and say, "Hey, Pop, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, or I'm hearing this," and you would look at me and say, "Hey, let's, let's hang on to that for yeah. a little bit." Yeah. And it was for a good reason because we didn't know that Yahweh was going to show up and do what He did. Yeah. And I could have very well have killed. Yeah. The moment, or grieved, or, or, yeah. or not just that as a body, but for that person, they couldn't have probably received what the Lord was going to do had I stepped in the way. Yeah. And that's why I think it's very, very important that if, should people feel that, should they get something from the Lord in a, in a manner like that, it's not necessarily a 911, I have to grab the microphone, or I have to go to that person right now. There's always the question that I, even when I hear something from the Lord, Abba, do you want me to give this to them now? Yeah. Or I can come to you and say, Pop, this is what I'm hearing towards this person. Should this be released? Yeah. And they, we have to be okay with hearing that no. Just as much as we're okay with hearing that, yes. I think that that is one of the hardest no's that somebody who wants to be used by the Lord can hear. Man, yes. <clears throat> you know, but but I'll say this. I've had more no's than you have, and I've probably been told no more times than most of the listeners. Wow. Wow, that's a big statement. But you know what? Um, iron sharpens iron, and that is a moment of sharpening. Yes, sir. And um, one of the things that you begin to find joy in and not in the no. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here I am. I just walked up to a Apostle Jane Hammond, right? Mm-hmm. In front of a big conference I have where I get a teller. So, you know, that's what she would do. She'd be like, tell it to me. So you'd tell it to her. You, yeah. you got, you know, a couple thousand people watching you going up to her, knowing what she might give you the mic to give a word. Yeah. So it's not like you're hidden, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, but I got to, I got to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you might've been in a line of 10 people wow. with the same thing. And so you get up to her and she's like, nope, Jason, we're not going to release that right now. Yes, ma'am. Was I, did I get hurt? Did I, get, did I go crawl up in a ball and suck my thumb? And, and, and no, 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 no. <clears throat> this is getting back to what you originally said. Trusting the apostolic government. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. If you trust that, then there will come a time when the no's won't be there. Mm. Because admit it, Derek, here even recently you've come up to me sometimes and there's been times I don't even I don't even have to hear it. I might just grab the mic. Yeah. Just go release. Yeah. Because I know it's right in that moment. And so, you know, um the it so so back to in the no. Got the no. Okay, yep. got, the, got the note. Go back to my seat, you know, walk of shame deal. Just kidding. <laughs> Never picked it up. Go back. 
see, I felt right because I released it. Yeah. I might not have released it through a microphone. I might not have released it to thousands of people, but I released it to the apostolic governing authority, one of them in the house. Wow. And yeah. so it was released. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, so, sir. So now we know it was in the atmosphere. That's good. Okay? Yeah. So, so then it might have been three minutes, four minutes later, it happens. So do you run back over there and be like, see, I told you it's going to happen? No. That's the person that wants to be noticed. That's the person that wants the microphone. What you do is, is you say, now I know I hear the Man. voice of the Father. That is what he sounds like. And so the more that he releases like that, it allow it, it goes through a filter called the Holy Spirit inside yeah. of you that that goes that that's the sound of his voice right. when daddy talks that you're supposed to release. Yeah. You see? That's good. And so yeah. you can then begin to go, that was just for you or that was for the people. And yeah. even if the even if the quote unquote apostolic governing authority, that's probably gonna um wake up a lot of people just us using those terms. But even if they said no, and then it happened later, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they were wrong either. Yeah, It was meant that you heard it, you received it, but the Holy Spirit was the one that was needed to release it. That's right. He can release things the way that we hear it, but releases it much different. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. I can move a I can move a room on my own authority. I can move a room on in my own anointing. But when the Holy Spirit chooses to, it's way different. The outcome is is so much more yes. beautiful. Yes. 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 Oh, man. Oh, I don't know how we got on that one, but I it's good. <laughs> office talk. <laughs> there we go. Might just be, you know, um, sometimes. Uh, um, in bringing love to someone and bringing correction to people, um, sometimes you just need to let the word hit. Yeah. And um, one of the things that whenever I've been in really odd situations with folks, people who I do not know, say something messed up. Yeah. I'll make a comment back, not a slight, not a punch, not a jab, not, not got any venom behind it, but I'll make a comment and just look at them. And just kind of let the words hit. You know, that awkward silence isn't an unhealthy thing. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. I think that's one of the hardest things for me is whenever you're not talking to someone or you're just getting to know someone and you're like, man, I'm not much of a conversationalist. So, man, what are your hobbies? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. How's the world? How, huh? yeah. Well, we live in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the other questions is, and I think this is going to be so good for people to hear, so that way they can they can learn how to process this. But how do you process when people leave our local body? Um, I mean, I could make I I could make a quote right now, um, but then I feel like I've I've used the. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. <clears throat> Something that's really helped my heart was what um, Apostle Nolan Ball preached on. He preached this message 78 times in a row. Mm. So if you could imagine going to church every Sunday 78 times and the message is on the same word and the word is of. Yeah. And on the 
eighth time that he preached it, he said, closing remark, those that are no longer with us were not of us. Yeah. I think maturity can hear that. Mm-hmm. But I think immaturity finds the excuse in that statement. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just not of y'all. Mm. And it, <clears throat> um, I, I, I think that I have to process people leaving less than how I try to process. I almost have to say that exactly the same way. Jason doesn't have to go through a process of healing when people leave. I think that my heart remains concerned about the ones that left and how they left. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, To me, that's a lot more important. People are going to come and people are going to go. Yeah. This is going to happen. You know, um, and I'm not just saying this because of where we live, but Crestview is a military town. Yeah. People are going to come. People are going to go. I was a, I was an Air Force brat myself. You know, mm-hmm. dad was in the military for 20 years. We longest we were ever lived somewhere was four years. Yeah. You know, and that was considered a really stinking long time. Yes, sir. For four years, you're yep. like a veteran. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, but so, so people coming and going doesn't affect me the same way that it, that it affects a lot of people. Yeah. But how people go. You know, I think it's less for pastors or leaders or anybody that might be catching this podcast. Um, for you, if you take it personal that somebody left because of you personally, then you're doing the wrong. You're, you're, that's not right. Yeah. That's not healthy thinking. You're not ever going to get anywhere with that. You're going to try to track that person down. You're going to try to run them down. You're going to try to have a conversation with them, and it's not going to, 90% of the time, it's not going to be what you thought it would be. Yeah. You're not going to win them back over by doing that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just, I mean, the question was, how do I process it? And and um, I sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe that, you know? Yeah. Um, what's always interesting is people who leave correctly always come to us. Yes. Yes. So it's kind of like this. If you're in a church, whatever church you go to, wherever you may be, whatever nation, country you might be in, if you had people that were with you and then they just left and you go to the pastor or the leaders and be like, hey, did they, are they gone? And if they're like, yeah, they're gone. They're like, did they come and talk to you? And they're like, no, they didn't say anything. Mm. It, it, it doesn't take long to do any type of deductive reasoning to know that they didn't leave the right way. Yeah. Here's my point. If people are so upset, let's say they they I'm they they want they want to pick up rocks and stone me because they completely disagree with my eschatological beliefs or my my theology. Yeah. Why not sit down in the office and talk about it? That's true. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Um, not to 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 get into an argument or not to, yeah, but just okay. to find out where my heart was at yeah, or where that leader's heart was at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think that that would bring a whole lot of healing on the way. The way you leave one place is the way you enter the next. Yes, sir. And I have seen people enter our house, left the place that they were in wrong, mm-hmm. entered our house, got a lot of healing, recontacted back where they were, 
letters, phone calls, whatever it may be, apologized for where they live, but then left our house the same way. Yep. So the way you leave one house is the way you enter the next. Yeah. And the, the, the thing about it is that, that I've noticed just through the years of people coming and going is, uh, you know, if somebody left a place and they were offended with leadership and pastors and they'll, they'll come to me and they'll tell me all this. And, but you're just so great. I just love, you know, this, this is so awesome. I'm like, I'm always in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, no, I hope you process this well, yeah. you know, because it is butterflies right now. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in the honeymoon stage. Everybody's awesome. Every, the worst, everything is wonderful. Everything is beautiful. But all of a sudden, that same issue is going to come back knocking on the door. Yeah. And, and, and are you going to open that door? And um, I, I've seen people that didn't, and I've seen people that did. Yeah. I've seen people that opened it, and then we're like, okay, yeah, no, that's boo-boo. I'm not going down that road. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my heart. I think, that, I think that, that, that just people, us, humanity in general— um, one of the worst things that we do is judge others and base our responses off of how others are acting versus looking at ourself yeah. and making sure that we are right in it. Yeah. What's my blind side? So yeah. if you have a husband or if you have a wife or if you have a, you're not married, but you have a really tight friend that you really trust, mm-hmm. bring these heart issues to them. If you're feeling a certain way about somebody or something yeah. and be like, look, my heart's off my sleeve. You're still going to be my friend. Yeah. What is my blind side? That's good. And you just need to be ready mm-hmm. because really and truly your best friends, your, your husband, your wife, real leaders who really love you, they'll give you the straight skin. Yeah. You just have to be prepared to, Deal with whatever it is. I mean, ultimately, isn't that what this whole walk is all about? That's true. Versus I'm right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I, I agree. I, uh, I th- it, what comes to mind when people leave, um, and I'm not saying that Paul or Barnabas left the church, but whenever they had differences over Luke in yeah. the book of Acts. Yeah. Huge thing. Like you can, you can almost feel the tension when you read the scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people read them like, well, you know, they had a disagreement and, and, you know, it says that words were exchanged. They felt that whatever they felt. Yeah. But they also came back together. Yeah. And we don't have to wait the same amount of time as they did. They're used as the example of, yes, there are disagreements, but we don't have to wait for what, 12, 13, 15 years, 10 years down the road for us to come and make amends. We have the opportunity like, yes. I may not agree with your, your end of times belief. I may not agree with what, whatever. I mean, unless it's extremely detrimental, Jesus is the son of God and you don't believe that, then we might need to just really sit down and be like, Hey man, why, why are you really here? But I, think, I mean, I have had a conversation with a guy that left the church and he actually called me and told me why he was leaving it. And he, you know, <laughs> he said, um, uh, Eschatologically and theologically, I disagree with what you're preaching because I believe that Jesus was only sacrificed on the cross for the people who were alive during that time. Oh, gosh. So I was like, brother, I love you. I pray that um, this journey that you go on, Mm -hmm. that you find the true heart of the Father who loves you and the true Yahshua. Yeah. Um, But yes, I agree. You shouldn't be here. (laughs) 
I, I, <laughs> <laughs> some people go. Yeah. Some people you let go, and some people you help go. Yeah. I've never had the pleasure. That was a really bad word. Pleasure. Don't edit this out no. if it's good because I shouldn't have said the pleasure it. of getting to help someone leave. Yeah. That's what, what, what's oh, not what I was going to say. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think with, th with that guy, he like needed to be released. Yeah. Like, yeah, that rabbit hole, that's like Alice in Wonderland type stuff that you're going into. You can find anything on the internet. This is you, true. And, and you can find a book written by a doctor. But for all you know, I mean, not busting on prisoners right now, but they have doctorates and they get them while they're there. Yeah. Yes, and, sir. And so, you know, that's kind of like a, a caged bird writing a story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. About something else that's going on. So, I, I mean, I don't mean to bust on them or anything, but I think that kind of gives an analogy. You know, I, I, I guess I can say that because I ministered in prisons like five days a week for eight years. Yeah. So. I love those guys. I know it. I know it. Um, one thing that comes to mind that, that scripture talks about is um, you can have your differences. We, we can have differences, but the true mark of maturity is love. So even if you do have some sort of difference with anybody, with, with a leader, with a peer, the true mark isn't going to be who's right and who's wrong. Just like you said, the true mark that's going to show um, that maturity level to where you can start to go to them even more with deeper things is you're going to shower them with love even through that. Yeah, I mean, I've walked through some some um, repetitive, difficult situations with a leader. Yeah. Um, an equal, I'll say that, you know. No name, no, I'm not yeah. going to give any name. Of I'm going to give a title. I'm not going to do any of that. And um, it, it was repetitive. It was a repetitive place in my heart had to forgive again mm -hmm. and then I knew that the relationship wasn't going to further or go any further so I literally made a phone call and was like um, anything that you need to get off your chest give it off right now this is literal me me extending the olive branch yeah <clears throat> right mm -hmm. but I don't think that you can really extend the olive branch if you're not willing to let go of some stuff you know what I mean? Yeah. You're being right. If you can't let go of being right, you are not willing to extend the olive branch. Man. The word tells us to be peacemakers. Yeah. Not peacekeepers. Yeah. And I feel like what you were saying, you know, letting it go for 10 years, letting it go for 12 years, letting it go for a length of time. That's being a, a peacekeeper. Yeah. And that is not what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. So, to me, that's not even biblical or scriptural or like Jesus. Yeah. Peacemaker. How do you make peace? Come on. You say, I'm going to stop with my fighting. Yeah. I'm going to stop with my self-defense. I'm going to stop with the offense. I'm going to love now unconditionally. Here's the olive branch. Will you too take it? Yeah. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And you've got to lay down self if you're going to do that. Yes. Period. You know what I mean? I think the best one to talk to us about that would probably be Dan Muller. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I feel man, like that yes. dude's like dead. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm, I'm dead, you know, yeah. I, I died, and re I, you know, um, he's an unoffendable man. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
in every way, you know? And so that's why I, I always want people to have an, an encounter, you know, to quote Apostle Damon, to have an encounter that births a transformation. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, I believe, is what births a place of maturity in our hearts, in our minds, in relationships. Yes, sir. People who say that they're not good with relationships, but are but stay staunch in their belief that I follow Jesus, Jesus would take you to the crowds. Mm. Jesus would force Man. fishermen... Jesus would force guys, ear cutters. I, I mean, you know, I'm just referring to, to one of his disciples here. Yeah. No names. To, to face 5,000 people. Yeah. Hold on. Hungry, agitated, sleeping on rocks, people. And, and be like, we're going to have compassion for these people. We're going to love them. Yes. And, and, and they're going to push. The crowd's going to push. They're going to ask for things. They're going to. And, and, and we're going to love them, and, and you're going to learn how to do this, because one day I'm not going to be here to look at you and be like, go sit down for a little while <laughs> and relax. I'm not going to be here for that. Yeah. You know? And um, I, think that, I think that that's the biggest thing with relational things. Um, I think that, that, that the, that's the, the foundation of the kingdom is relationship. Yeah. You know? Yes, Jesus, Yahweh, God. Father God did not create um, society, people, and situations first. He created relationship with a man and a woman first. Yeah. He walked with them in the cool of the day. And somehow we've gotten out of step of the original blueprint. This is true. This is true. And we're, we're making our way back. But this kind of goes right into what we were just talking about as mm -hmm. far as loving on people and walking them through stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a, a, this word is being thrown around a lot, and I, I wanted to know your heart, and, and mom's heart might come out of yours as you're talking, but what is the importance? Why do we keep bringing up the word wholeness? Why is that so important for the, not just the, this isn't just a cultural thing. This is a necessity. This is what's going to bring forth the, the, the groaning to end for all creation, for the cosmos. So why is it, why is this so important? Hold that question for a second. You just made a comment that all of creation is groaning. <clears throat> um, being a part of creation myself, I feel it too. I'm groaning as well. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Um, I'm groaning for people to actually know that they can walk with him in the cool of the day. Situations and circumstances that used to arrive, how, how, you, how they used to react to them is no longer how they react to them. Because they found a place of rest in He, Him. Yes. And I believe that that is a, a, a marker point for wholeness. Yeah. Being whole means, like what we were, when we went through James, nothing missing and nothing lacking. If I have nothing missing and nothing lacking, then I am whole. Yes. So, the individual that, that moves, breathes, lives from the place of wholeness never needs anything from me. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, do I need friendship? Yes. Do I need love? Yes. Do I need an occasional pat on the back? Sure. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, Affirmation sir. goes a long way. Yes, sir. But 
when I'm engaged in an activity or engaged in a conversation with you, I'm not engaged in the conversation with you because I need something from you. And I think that that's what some people fear about pastors in a church, senior pastors or leaders, whenever they have a meeting with them or come to them, they're like, oh, they want something from me. Mm. But, you know, fathers and mothers, real fathers and mothers are beginning to pop on the scene that don't need anything from the people that come to their services. Yes. They don't need anything from them. They're, the desire is to be the wind in their sail. And I think that that's a true sign of wholeness. Wholeness is, is that um, it's, it's like it's like this, like mine and your relationship. Yes, sir. I don't need you to do anything for me uh-huh. to remain whole. Yeah. Yes. But I believe that I can be fuller in my wholeness when you become who you're supposed to become. Yes. So as Derek becomes not just a son, but a father, that's going to bring my wholeness to a fuller level. Man. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said there. There's a lot of different ways that that could go. But the language of whole, of whole, I believe in the place of absolute wholeness that sickness and disease cannot exist. I believe in the place of complete wholeness, there can be no demonic oppression. I believe in the place of wholeness that, um, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah. You know, we said that so that we would actually believe that lie. Yes, this is true. And this that was is. something that was spoken that we learned as kids. And so we have programmed our brains in a certain way. But face it, if I smacked you upside the head with a stick <laughs> three weeks later when the injury went away, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if I said something that cut you to your soul, yes. that would keep you awake at night. Yeah. And um, so um, wholeness comes from the place of knowing who you are mm-hmm. and knowing who Yahweh is. And everybody can say, well, I know who I am and I know who Yahweh is. Well, then I guess sticks and stones break your bones, but words don't hurt you. Yeah. But let, let, let them hear the word no, and I guarantee you, for some, yeah, not all. Yeah, a word no, or 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 um, you have a problem with authority, that's a big one. Yeah. You know, people yeah. who have issues with authority, um, you know, um, are tough. They're, they're, they're tough. Yeah. I, I, I can recall when the journey of wholeness started with, uh, with me personally. Um, this was just maybe two years ago is when the Lord really started to open up the door for wholeness. It was like this huge thing that just opened up on the inside and it was, it was an ugly, it was an ugly thing, but it was so necessary because it taught me how not to leave. It taught me how not to run. It taught me how to just sit. It was almost like the father saying, no, 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 not this time. We're going to work this out. There's no more running. Yeah. And, and, and it, it hurts. Wholeness, the journey to wholeness hurts, but it's such a good feeling when you know that you're walking with fathers, brothers, but ultimately the Lord. Yeah. When he's beginning to whisper some things and he exposes it in such a way where in, in our humanistic mind, we're like, this is the end of the world. 
you know, I'm ready to crawl up in a hole. I'm ready to go to some mountain, dig a hole, and never be seen again. Yeah. But the Lord's like, all right, whenever you're done throwing your pity party, yeah, we'll continue to walk. Yeah. You know, I remember that time, too. Um, obviously, the people that are listening might not know how close we were during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say less close with words, but closer in the spirit. Yeah. Um, for me, like as a spiritual father to you and to Sarah, I knew exactly what y'all were going through. Yeah. And so I knew when to press, but I knew when to remain silent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there's an interesting thing, you know, when we dedicate our children to the Lord, I mean, do you really mean what you say? You know, man. And then when we get in the language of spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers, which I get beat up for that language pretty often. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm not going to make that comment. <laughs> I might go back to that later. No, yeah. No, I'll beat up on those that beat up on me a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just kidding. Um, there's that, there was that place of knowing that what I had said, what Misty had said, ultimately love was going to prevail. Love was going to win. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a prayer of, let Derek and Sarah see the error of their ways. No, this is this is a this is a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Yeah, this is a th- this is this metamorphosis type of of thing that happens, and it looks really freaking ugly at the moment. Yes, it looks so ugly at the moment. I don't know if anybody just just watch a, a time lapse of a, of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Ain't nothing pretty about it. It makes you think you're watching the movie Aliens or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, so you got to understand, things spew out. Things yeah. get said. Things happen. Mm-hmm. But the posture of the heart of a father towards a son that's going through that stage is love is going to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And so um, for us, it was very difficult but very beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the redemption on the other side, is now we get to watch y'all fly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And be the wind in your sail. Yes, sir. I think time was our biggest ally and we didn't even know it. Yeah. You know, we. Yeah. Were, I think there was like this thing of when you know that you're going through such a hard time, and I'm not going to call it the dark night of the soul for us. It was just a very tough time. Yeah. Um, I think we, me and Sarah, were just like, man, we're, we feel, and we. It, it's more than just feeling of like goosebumps or or even knowing in our minds that feeling of knowing in our in our minds. It was we knew without doubting anything that this was wholeness taking place. Yeah. And during that time, we wanted to speed up the process. We we want to get back to where we were with friendships and relationships. We want and, and the Lord's like, no, we're not going back. We're going more than that. Yeah. And so what all we had to do was just continue to remain hidden in Him. He's the best operator. Just let him do what he's supposed to. Don't rush his hands yeah. in, in an instance like this. Because the more that you rush, he'll lift his hands off and you'll be in uncomplete work. And there, There's a lot like um, in the process of, of wholeness, um, everything gets stripped away. Yeah. And we try to put back on what we formerly had that actually caused us to need to come to the place of wholeness. Yes. Man, yes. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. So it's like, 
in the process of wholeness, we, let's call it this, formlessness. Mm -hmm. Remember, I was, during this time, I was sharing a lot of messages about being formless. Yep. Place, being in a place of formlessness <laughs> and knowing what I was doing, right? Yeah. Understanding words that were coming out of my mouth. Yes, sir. Um, in the place of formlessness, we think, well, that was a really good attribute of mine. But understand if we understand that Abba's the one that's putting the pieces back. Yeah. He's the potter. That's right. We're the clay. That's right. We don't get to choose. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If we try to choose, like what you said, it's either going to prolong us the process. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I did. I went through it. My process took another eight years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I heard the word of the Lord, and we were doing the and when he said, no, stay, I have an unfinished work for you, I fired the business back, put everything back on my plate that I thought was supposed to be there, and I was in another eight-year cycle. Yeah. You know? Yes, Finally sir. to be where I am now today. Praise God, I, it, but it took me eight years. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, okay, if you're going to add back. <laughs> He's so loving in that way. He is. He'll, he'll... I'm gonna love you. I'm going to meet you right in your religion. Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak to you inside of your religion. I'm not going to beat you up because of your religion. I'm not going to smite you because of your religion. I'm actually going to minister to you inside of your place of religion. Wow. Because eventually you're going to stop it and you're going to let it go and you're going to be free and you're going to be whole. Yes. And it's so worth it. Yeah. So worth it. It's still a journey. Nonetheless, we're, we're yeah. until the fullness of everything comes. And I think more so I'm, I'm really just enjoying the walk. Yeah. I'm learning to take little by little, you know, we're, we still have our tendencies, but yeah. I'm learning how to take my hands off and really let them become sales. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big, big deal. You know, one of the other things that we say is drop your oars. Yes. And that's tough, man. It is very. That's tough because you get strong. You get to where you can hold that oar. Mm -hmm. You get to where you know how, I know how hard I can row. I know I can really push this thing along. Yeah. But just kind of looking at the sail is like, I don't see any wind crickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where, where's the wind? Where does it come? Man, it, it, especially when he begins to show the blueprint a little bit, when he starts to show more of a blueprint of what, of, of what is coming inevitably, what is yeah. coming, whether it's for your marriage, for your relationship with your kids, for your, the congregation <laughs> that you're leading, you see it and you're like, man, and you see that he doesn't take the oars away because yeah. there's always a choice, just like the garden. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's two trees. You have a choice. Mm -hmm. But it's, 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 we get that thing where we're like, man, I see those oars. But he's saying, no, just, just trust me. Just lift your hands. I'm not feeling any wind. Yeah. So I feel like I have to create the wind. I have to create that momentum. I have to create that movement. Yeah. And it's so hard. <laughs> it is when you have a dream, when you start to have visions, when you hear him whisper, yeah. and it's, I'm learning, Pop. I'm really learning on whenever he starts to show those dreams, those visions, those whispers, and whether it be in the secret place or corporately, I begin to laugh now a little bit. I chuckle yeah. because I'm like, it's, it's not a test. It's a, it's a choice for me. And he gives us that choice. That's the whole point of free will. And, and he, it's so much more beautiful when his creation decides to choose him over the movement. Yeah. 
over the oars. Yeah. It, it makes a father so much more proud when the choice is made to say, you know what? I'm not going to try to make this happen. I lift up my hands. Man, um, I, I don't remember when it was or what was happening. It, it was, um, and it hasn't been very long ago. Um, it was right around whenever Apostle uh, and Mama Tammy moved from the Carolinas to Mobile. <clears throat> and I want to say it was an offering message mm -hmm. that Bryn Waddell shared. Oh, goodness. And, uh, I mean, he just, like, extracts things mm -hmm. at, does. like, the Kairos moment. Yep. You know what I mean? And, I, I, and when I'm getting, like, I don't know him as well as I do some of the other brothers. But I watch him sometimes, and I, and he, I can see he's, like, getting thought you know and i'm yeah. like this is this is going to be cool so without um giving everybody um bcv yeah book chapter and verse jesus is is preaching to the masses and the crowds begin to press him and he found his way to the water yeah he looked out and there's a dude in his boat you know mm -hmm. and he's like uh Hey, you know, can I get in your boat so I can preach to these people that are pressing me? And he's like, "Yeah, man, get in my boat." So when he gets in, when he gets in, he knows like you didn't catch anything. He's like, "No, I didn't catch nothing." Turns and addresses the people. That's it. He doesn't say, "You're a terrible fisherman." He doesn't say any of these things to this guy. Um, I'm actually kind of eluding the scripture so people will find it. Yeah. One of my things is I love provoking people to find the story is yeah. there and then he goes back to addressing the people <clears throat> the interesting thing about this story is is this guy was about his works mm. he was doing his job right yeah. he was working yeah he was trying now let's just let's just say this particular dude had been successful that day yeah. And had a boat full of fish. And Jesus had said, hey, can I get in your boat? Would that guy have been too busy with his job and too busy with his works for the Messiah to be able to get in his boat? Yeah. He would have. He'd have been too busy. He would have been cleaning his nets. He'd have been filleting fish. He would have been putting it in baskets. He'd have been getting it ready for market. He'd have been getting to this and getting ready for, oh, that was that good spot that we went to. And let's make sure we go back to there and don't let any other boats know that we worked there. Don't let anybody else know our secrets. We don't want them to know what's going to grow our business. We don't want to we got to keep this to ourselves and we got to get back out there. I'm sorry, man. I got to get these fish to market and get back out there. Yeah. Jesus is, Jesus knew that he hadn't been successful. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> and Jesus knew, this has nothing to do with being successful with your business or not being successful with your business. I just believe that Yahshua is looking for empty vessels. Yeah. I just believe that Yahshua is looking for empty boats. Mm. I believe he's looking for the boat, for the place to habitate, not visit, that the workers are go, whatever I've been doing is not working. We're ready for you just take over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that taking over part doesn't mean everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Mm -hmm. There's still kingdom, apostolic authority. There's still order. There's still a lot of that. But it's like 
less of what we think it should be. Yeah. Like what what prompted this story was what you originally said. When you notice the wind begins to move and you know that Yahweh's beginning to move in a direction like something that I see for the south gate that I know Yahweh's gonna do, I don't do anything to pick up my oar and see that it happens. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Yes, I'm okay with the long path. Yeah. I'm okay with a sure footing. I'm okay with going, that's the next step. Yeah. Not the next marathon, but this is the next step, and this is the next step, and this is the next step. I think that we would be more successful if you and I only took 150 steps, yeah. but it was solid. Imagine what our kids will do. This is true. Versus me and you doing five of them really stinking good, but if the men of the hour are no longer there mm. and nobody else knows how to run the hamster wheel. Yeah. The, who's going to pick it up? Who's going to, going to pick up the, the, you know, who's going to pick it up from there? Yeah. And I, and that there's a lot of peace inside of, inside of that. It's like uh, the same way that I father Ethan and Landon. <clears throat> um, I father them in the moment, but I also father them for future. Right. Yeah. But things that come up in the moment, I don't get concerned about their future. If that makes sense. It does. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's the same the way that Misty and I lead uh, the Southgate family. Um, we handle things that are in front of us and we plan for the future. But things that are happening in front of us doesn't get us concerned about the future. Yeah. It's Yahweh's. It's his all the way to the core. Yeah. And um, it's not even, I, it, it'd be wrong to make the statement if he takes it back. Hmm. It's his. Yeah. It's his one. And he's just given us permission to steward. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I'll, uh, I'll ask one more question. It kind of, it kind of goes in line with, uh, I have other questions, but we'll, well, I'm sure we'll get together here soon. You want me to rapid fire a bunch of answers out at you? Yes. No. <laughs> Stupid. No. Yes. Stop it. Well, they, they, that concludes it. I'm giving you fillers. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I think one of the questions that I had um, is how do you continue to find that confidence, that security in your relationship with your spiritual father? To where that thing in your heart doesn't creep up, or to that thing doesn't creep up in your heart of um, either jealousy or insecurity. How? What? What is it that you do, or what does it look like for you to where you maintain that 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 confidence between you and your spiritual parents? Um, being who I am has never been much of a problem for me, and trying to be somebody else has never been an issue for me. Um, I've never really strived to be somebody else. I've never strived to, to try to emulate someone else in that regard. Mm. <clears throat> um, I understand where my walk is with Yahweh first and foremost. Yes. And, and um, having that confidence of who I am in Yahweh gives me the confidence of who I am in front of my spiritual father. Yes. And so... Um, it would even be error to say that the brother that gets more attention from the spiritual father needs more attention because he's going through boo-boo things or yeah. is immature. 
you know, that'd be an, an, an incorrect uh, thought. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Here's what I know is that in my journey, genuinely desiring a spiritual father for years and years and years and years. Um, once I did get one, I wasn't like, gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah. You know what I mean? In that place of maturing, of, of desiring that, um, Yahweh fulfilled the majority of all of the needs. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, the element that actually a spiritual father does is more confirm, you know what I mean? Yeah. And give permission. I've gotten nothing but permission from Apostle Damon Thompson. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I've gotten. You know what I mean? I've gotten so much permission to the point that if you screw it up, I'll help you fix it and we'll restart. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like permission to go as far as you want to. Mm -hmm. And if you get off track, I'm right here to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And, but permission to be authentically who I am. Permission to be authentic in who I am as the father of the Southgate family um, and leading it and leading the church and, and, and being the steward of the finances, the steward of the property, all of the things that come with what we do. Mm -hmm. Permission to, is granted to be who I am. Yeah. And that was, that was huge because I know that Abba Father gives me permission to be authentically who I am because he created me. But the voice of a father saying, just go for it. Mm -hmm. And let's see what happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and um, so good. That's really what gave me confidence right there, you know, and because I know that ultimately if I do mess up, right? Yes, sir. He's a really good father to walk me through a correction, healing, to give me a note. You know what I mean? I don't even, it, it's like, a, it's like a, the trust bond is so healthily there that I, I don't, <clears throat> if he ever brought correction to me, I'd never fight it. Unless he was very grossly misinformed by someone else. Yeah. But he operates the same way that I do. If you come to me with a story that's, uh, that's uh, he said, that he said, that they said, mm -hmm. that I said, you know, yeah. he doesn't deal with that. I've never really dealt with that either. Um, if you come to me with something like that, I'm like, Psh, yeah, well, let's just get to the, you know, what, what's the real here? Yeah. Cause he said, she said that they said that they said, yeah, will be the number one part of your issues with your relationship with a spiritual mother or father. Yes. If you're listening to the voices of others about your relationship with them, wow. then you have issues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And if they, if you do call them a mother and a father, and you do honor who they are in your life, then you deserve and should have the confidence to go to them. Yeah, That's, you know what I mean. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not. They're a mentor, and what they say to you is 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 um, advice. Yeah. What they say to you. It is a suggestion. It's an option. It's a suggestion. It's an option. Yeah. But um, you know how much peace that gives me. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And so I strive to be the same with our sons and daughters. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To give freedom. It's a lot of the way that we've raised Ethan and Landon. I think we're pretty doggone good parents. There could be some people who argue that point, but um, I don't know. Not saying ours are better. I'm just saying the way that we have raised Ethan and Landon, we have given them permission. Yeah. It's called adolescence, people. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why it's called adolescence. Yeah. (laughs) We we won't know until what what you're saying about your, your boys, we won't know the choices that we, that they will make unless we present those choices. It's the same thing for us as adults. Mm-hmm. Yahweh gives us choices. Mm-hmm. So if we withhold those choices from our kids, we will never know yeah. the choice that they will make. Yeah. So what we do as parents sometimes is we withhold it. We try to say, well, I already know what you're going to do. Well, Yahweh could say this very same thing about you, yeah. but you'll never learn. Yeah. You'll never be able to, to, to shock Abba's heart in a, in a good way to where, because he, he does, he dances, he, he smiles, he sings. He, he does all these good things over you when you choose the good decision. Even if you choose the bad, it's it's that thing what you were just saying about Apostle Damon. Even mm-hmm. when you make that, if you were to make a bad decision, you're still able to run to him. Yeah. And that's the thing that we wanted. We yeah. want to present choices for our kids. So that way it gives them the option that even if they choose the good one, we celebrate it. If they choose the bad one, we teach them to come directly back to us yeah. and say, Mom, Dad, I messed up. That's right. That's that's the purpose of the, uh, I want to say of the gospel as well. Yeah. We're, we're trying to represent Abba as a yes. good, I was just having this conversation with our daughter today, yes. just about how I want you to be able to have choices. And if you mess up, I want you to be able to look at me and your mom and come to us and know that you are not going to be hated upon. We're not going to bash you. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to look at you straight in the eye and say, thank you so much for trusting me to come to me. Because I never had that as an option when I was a kid. So it's it's important for me not to to kind of dish out that same, the same form of of tutelage or growing up in that I was raised Mm -hmm. in. So I, I think that that is so, so vital. That's what that, you know, that, that, that answers your question to the fullest. Yeah. That's why I have confidence in my relationship with my spiritual father. Because I know if I did screw up, Mm -hmm. I could call him. I could text him. I could tell him exactly whatever it was. And he'd be like, just come here. Yeah. Just just come to my house or come to my office or or I'm here or I'm there. Yes, sir. You know, you you see the difference. I do. It's not the fear of wrath and the fear of punishment. Mm -hmm. It's the joy in... I just messed up. I'm about to get whole. Yeah. Because something was obviously fractured in me to yeah. cause me to do this. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And when it's so, but whenever I say that, he, that apostle, uh, for me, my spiritual father gives me permission. He gives me permission to be bold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, he yeah, gives yeah. me permission to be bold in what I see in the scripture. Mm-hmm. I have permission to be bold and be able to go for it. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I think that there's a I think that there's a, a very good understanding that all of his spiritual sons aren't doing this as a business. Mm. We're not doing this to bring in the crowds. Actually, all of our messages probably deter the crowds <laughs> yeah. more than it brings crowds in. Yep. Yes, sir. But I mean, so did Jesus's. You know. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, people begin to go. Wait a minute. There's some. There's a way, and there's some truth, and there's some light. Yeah. And life, and what they're saying. Yes, sir. And it sounds way different than this, but I just I think that there's an entire 
group of, of people that are out there that are tired of the glitz and the glam and the smoke screens and the free iPads and the free bicycles yes, you get to, for bringing a friend to church day. I think that they're really getting tired of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would honestly be insulted if I was told, hey, if you bring a friend, you get to enter into the lottery to possibly win an iPad this Sunday. That's consumerism at its finest. Yes. But I think there's going to be a, a couple of people laughing at what I just said because they've seen it. <laughs> I know. They've seen it. I Maybe they've it. done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a pastor that's going to get a hold of this or, or a leader that's going to get a hold of this. And, and that's kind of been your MO to, to grow the body. You, that's you growing it. Yeah. That's going to fail. Mm-hmm. That's hay and stubble and wood. That's going to burn up. Yeah. But if Yahweh builds it, come on. The gates of hell aren't going to prevail. Nope. You know what I mean? I do. And, and they, and they got to be okay with the fact that if it all gets stripped away, their identity is not steeped in those doors always being open. If your identity is steeped on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m., the right amount of people showing up, you've yeah. ne- you weren't doing this to begin with for the right reasons. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That that's just kind of rabbit trail pretty cool. No, right that's good. That's... But, but that's the permission. You know, when, a, when, yeah. when Damon, when Apostle Damon gives me permission to be who I am, that's the permission that I feel. I feel the permission to not try to grow something. I feel the permission to just be a father in a house. Yeah. Just love people. Have people over to the homestead. Play some cornhole. Yeah. Get out by the fire pit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those type things rather than insulating myself from the very people that I'm supposed to be loving on. Yes. And that that that's a that's a messed up thing that pastors do. Yeah. They hide themselves. They withdraw, they give the message, they go back to their office, they may even have a back door, or they'll even shake your hand or two, but then as soon as you try to reach out and say, Hey pastor, I just you know, I would love to be able yeah. to sit down with you and talk with you and just, you know, pick your brain. I want to get to know you. I want you to know me. Not in a way to where I'm trying to climb a, a social ladder. I'm not trying to trying to gain a platform because there are people that just want to have that relationship with the leader to where they are able to have that access of, to a father mm-hmm. to grow for their family to grow for their personal for the, to help lead them in, in play not to say not to not to how do I say this not to replace spiritual fathers with Abba God yeah I'm not that's not what I'm saying that and and I hit hard on on spiritual parenting because I I mean I, I'm I'm walking in it with you. And mom, me and Sarah are, but you guys have never replaced the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You've never replaced Jesus. You've yeah. never replaced Yahweh. Yeah. That's why sometimes uh, Misty and I, if we get text messages or something that comes in from pe- people at the Southgate or a son and daughter going through something, sometimes we remain silent. Yeah. And that's hard. I know it. Derek, like that's hard. I know. But you know, you'll get the text like the next day or two days later and be like, Wow, Holy Ghost showed up. This is what He showed us. This is what He taught us. You know, and and you 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 shed that that heart tear. Yeah, because you're like, Abba, what what? It's so difficult whenever you don't let us just run and hold. Yeah, you know, but the, it's it's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah, yes, sir. And um, I, it, you know. Probably ninety percent of the time, you know when you need to to to, to answer or yeah. do, you do. Um, but then the other time is, uh, man, I've got you. It's almost like 
right there to the to the door of the Holy Spirit's bedroom, and you're like, I know you're going through this, and so just come through the door. Because yeah. he's gonna he's about to show up. And that's important to not be spiritual sons and daughters, Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, that's good. You know, people people who come let me say this, kind of almost full circling, people leaving. Yeah. Uh, if you're a pastor or leader, I don't even like the word member because it sounds so franchisee. Yeah. Um, but a part of a family um, that is known as an ecclesia or a church. <laughs> um, somebody leaves. And uh, maybe you're a leader, maybe you're a pastor, you happen to hear this or whatever. And um, you chase those people down. They've already made up their mind. You convince them to stay. They're going to stay, but they're going to stay on your word that everything is going to be okay. Everything's going to be perfect. Wow. I'm not going to have any more issues. But trust me, friend, they are laying and waiting for an opportune <laughs> time to point out the fact that you are not a man of God and dare not, did not hear his voice. And the reason why I'm in this screwed up situation now is because you convinced me to stay. Yes, sir. That's so true. Oh my God. That's good. I know. That's I don't good. have to have people tell me that's the truth. I know that's the truth. That's crazy though. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's why but, it's so good to just But isn't that how offense works? Yeah. You know what I mean? Isn't that isn't that like, you know, um I, I, I don't believe that people we, we call it church hurt, but it's wrong. It's not church hurt. It's not leadership hurt. I think I just saw Jimmy Lovejoy, one of my brothers. He posted, um, it's not church hurt, it's offended. You're offended. Yep. This whole church hurt thing is like the 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 Christianese witchcraft weird thing that we name that we try to put on it to soften the globe because they don't want to be I'm offended. Yeah. But yep. every time I hear somebody say I'm church hurt, I hear I'm offended. Yes. Because ultimately it is an issue with somebody at that church that they were at or that leader that they are offended with. They didn't do this or they did that or they said this or they didn't say that. Yeah. And you're offended. You're not church hurt. Yeah. You're offended. You took the bait. You need to read John Bevere's book, Bait of Satan, and just get rid of, of the of your 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 offendedness, which is what you try to call church hurt. Yeah. The, the I think parties. that comment right there is going to stir some stuff. Let I feel it, like by the start. Holy Ghost, that's going to stir some things in some people's hearts. So I say this to who that just affected the most, like right now, by the Spirit. I just say this. <clears throat> if you heard that and that actually pricked your heart in that exact moment that I said it, the Holy Spirit is revealing to you that healing is on its way. Wow. Because the moment that you can admit that I'm carrying an offense is the next step to total restoration and healing. Come on. Yeah. Go find the olive branch. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the main thing when it comes to that is even when someone picks up offense, we're, we're, we, we say that we're sons and daughters, but real son, like we're, we're, we're out of high school. Mm -hmm. We're out of college. A lot of us, you know, we have two, three, four children, five children, and yet we still act like adolescents. Yeah. And instead of acting like a son and daughter to go to a brother and sister that may have hurt you, it's so, 
to me, I, I'm, I, I'm learning as I get older, I don't want to be a man of confrontation anymore. Yeah. But I'd rather have reconciliation in a relationship. Yeah. And that's the best ministry that you can ever walk in is reconciliation yeah. to yeah. where you're coming to someone saying, hey, this is what's on my heart. This is something that you said. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to another so-and-so that's, that's probably not a leader, that's not going to defer. Let me, ooh, man, let me say this. You bring something to someone. And if the first response that doesn't that, that comes out of their mouth, if they don't look at you and say, "Have you gone to them yet?" Yeah. And then the following statement should be, "You should go to them either right now, go home, maybe breathe to where emotions don't get the best of you." But if you're talking to people and they're not pointing you back, and all they're saying is, "Oh man, you know what? I'm I'm so sorry that they said that. They shouldn't have said that." Or, or you know what? That that that's just you know that's just so-and-so or, you know, that, that, that coddling thing. Yeah. If they're not pointing you back, you are enabling that offense. That's right. You're watering that seed of yeah. offense. Yeah. And that's going to kill more relationships within the body than helping. You're trying to become that person that can, that can be trusted mm-hmm. and you're hurting your own character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, by not, you, you know, um, the way you just said it, you know, um, Misty and I, we've been through some things <laughs> and, uh, and, um, uh, we, we always try to tell our leaders, spiritual sons and daughters, pastors that are with us at the Southgate. Um, if somebody comes to you and is bad mouthing us or anyone else, mm-hmm. <clears throat> stop them. Say, before you say anything else, I need you to know this. When you're done, you can freely speak. You can, but you have to go to that person, whether it be the senior pastor, whether it be the leader, whether it be a brother or sister in the Lord. I'm going to give you this amount of time to do it. Yeah. If you do not, I am going to that person and going to tell them what you said mm-hmm. so that then they will come to you so that it can get dealt with. Yes. Here's what you've done, you did. You just cut gossip and rumor off at the root Uh, yes sir because if you don't if you do like what we've seen a lot if you go to the coddling phase and and the way you just described the coddling phase was actually right yeah because you feel like somebody comes to you with in in confidence Mm -hmm. and that's usually how manipulation works I'm just going to speak here. Come on. If you want me to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Let's go. Usually the way that manipulation works is I'm about to tell you something that's deep in my heart. And so they're actually asking two questions without ever saying them. Wow. I'm about to find out if I can trust you Mm. because I'm about to say some things about some leaders. And if it comes back to me, I know it came from you. Wow. And then the second question is, once I tell you these things, if it never gets back to leadership, then I know I'm right. Wow. Those are, those are two very real big statements. Yeah. The problem is, is that oftentimes the ones where we're in these type of talks or conversations, they're with babysitters. Yes, sir. Both parties are with babysitters. Yep. Both parties are not speaking to a mother or to a father. Mm-hmm. They're speaking to babysitters. So when, when you walk into that type of a situation, 
is when it's not a tattletale thing, but it's like, have we not entrusted our lives to these leaders? Yeah. Or have we not trusted these leaders in our lives to be authority and whatnot? Yes, they yes. should be in this conversation, especially if they're the ones that you're talking about. So yeah. two things happen here. One is um, they find out if they can trust you or not through manipulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, 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 they say, don't tell them. I'm about to tell you some things, but, but don't tell them. First off, if anybody ever comes to you and is saying anything about anyone in a place of leadership or a brother or sister and says, I'm about to tell you some things, but don't tell anybody. Yeah. That's jacked up. Yeah. Nothing should proceed out of your mouth. That's so true. Right? Yeah. You know, okay. So, so they come and you say, don't, don't say this to anybody. And you don't, you don't, you don't lie. You don't say, yeah, I promise I won't tell anybody. You just kind of look at them. Mm -hmm. Like if you have wisdom in these type situations, even though you're still taking the bait, let's just be clear. You just don't realize you're taking the bait. You just felt like you got smarter in these type of grown up conversations to where you don't trap yourself and say, I won't tell anybody. You just don't say anything. Yeah. And that's just as bad. Yep. Not saying anything in that moment is just as bad. You know? Yes, so yes. you sit there and you listen and do, and then all of a sudden you feel their emotions mm-hmm. because all of a sudden they, they said something and then they gave you a little bit more and you're still silent. You know? A wise man holds his tongue. You know? And they keep talking and they go further and further and further and it moves into a place of dishonor. Mm-hmm. It moves into a place of venom. It moves into a place of 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 accusation and accusing. And then it, it and it really moves into a place of word manipulation, which is most of the time, ninety percent of the time, isn't even what the other individual said. Yeah. They're just getting away with these words right now, and so they're they're just gonna they're just gonna puke it out right now. Yeah. But you really can see the heart in those moments. And so you let them do this. Yeah. And if you let them do this without uh, ever saying anything, ever interrupting, or, you know, you don't want to interrupt people, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Then, then permission granted on their side to feel the way that they do. Yeah. You, your silence gave them permission to feel like they do. And you're sitting there hearing what they're saying. You don't agree, but you're trying not to disagree so that in the future they'll trust you in future conversations and situations. So now what has happened? Yep. Two manipulators are manipulating each other. Yep. One is saying, if you if you tell anybody, don't tell anybody. And if you don't tell anybody, I know that I can't trust you anymore. So you're staying in the place of I'm not going to tell anybody and you're manipulating them so that they'll still share their heart with you in the future. So now the relationship is developed first and foremost off of manipulation. Yes, sir. And that is not going to bear any fruit. Manipulation does not bear fruit. This is right. What bears fruit is, hey, I am really sorry for how you feel. I, I, I am sorry that you are going through this. I mean it. And, and out of love and kindness and my love for you, I want to see you whole. Yeah. So if you continue to say these things, I'm going to give you this amount of time to go to them. And I don't even have to know what the outcome is. But if I know that you didn't go to them, then I'm going to have to go to them and let them know that this is the things that you're saying. So what did it do to that person? It forced that person at that moment 
to deal with it. Yeah. Versus continuing to spread um, the leaven of manipulation. Because that person will go to the next and go to the next and go to the next mm -hmm. and go to the next. And if they can get their way through one, two, and even three people, they will never go talk to that leader. Yeah. This is the true. case will have been built up enough to where they won't even honor any word that'll come out of their mouth. Man, this is so true. It's so it we hinder the enablement of true healing within the body. Yes. We hinder, we stunt the growth of wholeness in a person when we make way for that to happen within yes. each other. Yes. Yes. We stunt the growth of wholeness. Not that it's, yes. it's a, a measurable growth, but you know what I mean? It's, it, it halts your progress, your progress in, in, I don't want to say progress either. It just halts the healing of wholeness overall for your, for, for you as a, as a son and daughter. One thing I've learned <laughs> is if one person is coming to you complaining about a leader, you can guarantee that they are probably doing the same thing about you. <laughs> Um, if they're that bold enough to come to to you about a leader, the moment you do something that they don't agree with, you best believe that they're saying something about you that they don't like. What's always funny is when I, I um, through the years, I've always caught the after stories. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they'll be like, this person and what they said and this and now we don't even talk anymore and Blah 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 blah, and you know, and then and then and then it's like their memory will get jogged, and they'll be like, "They were talking bad about you too," you know. And it's like that was the moment that you could have when you were still besties. Yeah, that was the moment right there. That that um, I think social media has gotten us too much to the place to where we got to get likes and hearts. And yeah, if nobody knows just you know what I mean it's like it, it's almost like numbed our senses to real relationship mm -hmm. you know what I mean I do I, um, I don't think iron has to sharpen iron all of the time you know what I mean yeah but um, the the lack of maturity that I see sometimes are in the body of Christ to be willing to be the other side of the iron yeah um, to me genuinely lacks humility and it's showing me the necessity that some people have to feel like they have a say in someone else's life. Yeah. To where that person trusts them enough to be able to say things, but it but but it perpetuates immaturity. Yeah. It does, man. And you know what you were what you were saying earlier that it like um, would you say like. Um, slows down the cycle or sort or stops the I, I think that it I think that it does more than just slow down or or stop the process yeah I think that it actually puts it in a reverse wow um, I, I feel like um, because <clears throat> um, a church is a place your heart is a place and a relationship is also a place. Mm. A place that Derek and Jason meet is our relationship. Yeah. And um, I can leave this relationship one way. <laughs> and if I leave it the wrong way, it's how I'm going to enter the next relationship. Yes, sir. And That's good. You be, why? Because we perpetuate uh, 
when we've been hurt and we've been wounded by somebody, we now um, approach other relationships the same way. Yeah. And those people haven't done anything to deserve to be treated that way. Yeah. And but we will. We'll put up our walls. We'll put up our barriers. We'll put up our our um, self-protective bullcrap, yeah. man. That really keeps us from real deep, true relationships. Yeah, you know. And, and what they'll always say is, well, "You don't understand how bad I've been hurt." The fact that it's five years later and we're st still talking about how bad you were hurt yeah. tells me. It's not were, past tense, it is. Yes, sir. You know, if we're still bringing it up, there's that sign of wholeness that is not there yeah. in that area. There's a fractured heart in there. That's good. Yes, sir. Yeah. And I, and I believe that it could have gotten healed a lot sooner if the body of Christ would mature in real relationships and be okay. You know, earlier you, you, you said... Um, to bring reconciliation and everybody wants to avoid confrontation. Yeah. Um, I think that one person in the conversation can say, I'm here to make peace. And the other person can be completely confrontational. Mm -hmm. Now, if both choose to be confrontational, then it's he said, she said. Yeah. But if the, if the goal is reconciliation, the person who really desires the reconciliation, be okay with confrontation. Just don't dish it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't dish it out. Let them come. Let them throw a little bit and be like, look, I know that's the way you feel. Apologize. Even if some things that they said, you know, just apologize. Omission and commission and just boom. Yeah. You know, um, when I was the general manager of a restaurant in Blue Water Bay, um, I had a young man that worked for me, and um, his girlfriend kept coming up there, man, like all the stinking time, wouldn't leave him alone. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a little puppy following the boyfriend around. You know, and one day I snapped, and I was like, "Look, he's got to work." Yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but he has to work. You got to leave him alone. Let him do his job. Just go home. You know what time he gets off work. It's the same time it was five minutes ago when you asked him. Yep. You know what I mean? And she got all hurt. You know? And then he comes back in and she comes back in. And man, she's just spitting venom. You know? He's off work now. They come back. And she's spitting. I can't believe you talking to me like that. In that moment, I realized. I was like, what's the point? You know? Was I right? Yeah. I'm in this employer. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm right. Yeah. I just looked at her and I said, you know, I'm sorry that I offended you. I was not trying to offend you. I, I didn't mean to hurt you. And I mean, I genuinely apologized. She stared at me for like 30 seconds and then started crying. She goes, you make it so hard to hate you. <laughs> Those were her words. You make it so hard to hate you. Because I want to hate you right now. Yeah. She goes, but you just made it impossible. That's, man. How, how much more simpler would, would relationships within the body, or not just in the body, but work relationships would be if we weren't trying so hard to be right all the time? 
It's like I, what's what's more important. I, it's uh, in 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 confrontational moments. It's not so much that we're trying to prove that we're right. It's trying to prove that we weren't wrong. Wow. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know, but here's the point. If someone got offended by you, at some point you were wrong. You did something mm-hmm. that you perhaps could have done a little bit better. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about um, disagreeing on theology or disagreeing on eschatological beliefs. I'm just talking about relationally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. That's, what I'm, that's what I mean. And um, you, 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 I think we all can do better in our relationships. You know, yes, and sir. if somebody comes to you and is like, um, blah, 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 your ability to self-evaluate in that moment and go, whoa, yeah. that was not my intentions. I, I am sorry. What else did I have left? Nothing. Well, I'll tell you, because if they're really upset, you're going to say, <laughs> you ready for, you ready for 90% of arguments? Let's go for it. Okay. I am so sorry. I, I really didn't mean to do that to you. Yeah, well, okay, I am so sorry. Seriously, I didn't mean to do that. Well, you... But no, look, seriously, I am sorry for what I did. I'm apologizing. You... Are you not going to say you forgive me? I've said I'm... I'm sorry to you now five times, six times. You haven't even said that you forget. You just keep bringing it up. And all I've been doing is just doing all the apology on my side. And, it, and all of a sudden you're defending and you're building a case yeah. in the midst of an argument. Yeah. You know what the best thing you can do with somebody that's really got it out? Hear them out. Yeah. Let them, let their emotions exhaust themselves. Man. And when they're done, be genuine and sincere and tell them how sorry you are. Their need to bring it all back up again is not your need to say you're sorry again. Yes, sir. Otherwise, if you say it again and again and again, did you really mean it the first time? Man. I'm just thankful that Yahweh, when I come to him <laughs> and I ask for forgiveness of something, but I keep bringing it up. Say it. Say it. That he doesn't eventually go, I've already said that I forget. I've already said, I've already, I've already. you know, it's like, it's like he, he comes to, when we come to him and we keep bringing it up, he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I forgave you. Like, like the key, I don't even have the keys. <laughs> like the sea of forgetfulness, the fall, as far as the east is from the west. That's like a nuclear statement. That's like a bigger statement than I think a lot of people realize. Because mm-hmm. here's the question, Derek. If you're in the north, can you travel to the south? No. No, if you're in the north pole, yeah. eventually I can travel to the south pole. Yeah. So I can go from north to south. Yeah. But if I'm in the east, can I ever make it to the west? Or will I just always be traveling east? You'll always just be traveling. And the same thing with west. If I can... West and head west, and I'm just going to keep heading west. Yeah. That's why it's not as far as the north is from the south. Yeah. Because I'd be like, well, Santa Claus and the penguins, I know the distance. Yeah. So there is a distance. Yeah. But when he says as far as the east is from the west, that doesn't stop. Never reach. And so 
I think that when we become whole, we have the ability that when someone genuinely says, I'm sorry, you have the ability to forgive and forget. Yeah. And um, I this, this, this rakes on Misty sometimes. Like she'll, if, if you had her on or, or like somehow edit her into this moment, yeah. you know, I know she's not with us. She would tell you that, that, uh, people who have done me wrong and my ability to forgive and move on with the relationship, like not be weary of them, mm -hmm. but be like fully, fully in to hold that reservations. Yeah. Still. Yeah. No, yeah. no reservation. You know what I mean? Just be able to jump right back in it again. Misty's, Misty has said that over and over again. Like, um, and I just, I just think that that's just how Yahweh made me. Doesn't make me better than people. Doesn't make me better than, than anybody else. The ability to do that. I just believe the more that we build our relationship with Yahweh, the more we become like Him. Yes, sir. And so I just think that that's an attribute that I might have attributed. <laughs> Because he knew it would really help me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. I think uh, in, in in closing, I think that this is really good as far as like what we're talking about. And I love talking. Not to say that I don't enjoy talking about theology or or end time stuff. I mean, I, I kind of. You want me to talk about the end times? Oh goodness! I think we're in it, brother. <laughs> I, I love talking about those things, but I, I think more so I like talking about relationships because it's going to help us function a whole lot more as the body. And we won't have to wonder why people outside of the church look at people inside the church and say, well, how come they don't want to come? Yeah. If we can start acting as the bride, not acting, if we can start being the bride that we're called to be, people on the outside will look at us and say, you have something that I want. I just don't know what it is yet. Yeah, I think that only when you and I no longer have to have the conversation. I almost feel like we are in air to call ourselves the body of Christ. Hmm. I understand scripturally and theologically what we're saying, but let's be real. We cannot be a body without a head. And scripture says the Son of Man is looking for a place to rest his head. Well, he's looking for the body of Christ to become one. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Yes, sir. So if we're still having the conversation that that church down the street disagrees with that church, and there's all these differences in us, we cannot function as a body. Yeah. As a body. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Like, it, like if my brain was saying the bathroom is to the right and my bladder is like blinking, you know, it's like about to open the floodgates. It's like you got to get there, you know. So my brain agrees. Yeah. My bladder agrees. Mm -hmm. So I start taking steps and my right leg goes right. And my left leg goes left. Yeah. We are not making it. We're not. You know what I mean? I We're do. not making it. This is true. <laughs> But that's, that's the brain got carried by the leg. The bladder got carried by the leg. You got one leg in agreement, one leg in disagreement. Yeah. And um, I, 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 I'm ready for the day that um, the body functions the way that it's supposed to function. Yeah. And it's not going to function without the headship of the, of the Father. It's not going to function without the headship of Yahshua 
It's like he's already telling us. Yeah. I'm looking for a place to rest my head. The Son of Man has no place to rest his head. He's looking for the body. But he's telling us, if you will make me the head of everything in all of your ministries, the body will form. That's so good. Versus, if you will make yourselves or what you want to do drive your ministries, that's going to make the left leg go left and the right leg go right. Mm -hmm. But if he would be at the headship of what every senior pastor, what every franchise model church is doing, and they'll all say that he is, but I I don't know. I know what you mean. As long as the I think Jesus would have been handing out tents to to bring a guest to Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. As long as that land Bring a guest and they get a tent. (laughs) Free free tent right here. Just make sure you drop your name off right here next to Peter. Yeah. Yeah. I think as long as that language is used of uh well this is my church or this is my ministry. Yeah. Then the Lord Yeshua will never be able to find a place. Yeah. As long as that language, because there are those, mainly in the, in the charismatic and, and the prophetic church, you hear a lot of leaders say this is, you know, whenever they, they need to exalt or exhort themselves to show leadership. Yeah. This, if someone comes up and says, man, I, I really don't know why we do this here. Well, this is my ministry. And if you don't like it, you're more than welcome to leave. As long as that language is there, the Lord is not the head you are. Yeah. You're the one that's growing this congregation. You're the one that's growing your ministry. Yahweh is not. It may have started off that he did, but you you have to remember, you didn't bring yourself to where you were. You didn't bring yourself to Christ. He brought you. Yeah. He's the one that initiated the, the relationship between you and him to even introduce himself, say, hey, I'm your savior. I'm your love. I'm the reason for your being. Yeah. And we started these ministries, Lord, whatever you want to do. And then somewhere along the line, it started to become from, man, Lord, this is all yours to, man, maybe this is ours to now you're the man because you have, what, two, three, four, five hundred people, a thousand people in your congregation, and now it's yours. How quickly we've forgotten who's the one that even created you. Yeah. That's almost like you saying, I discovered Christ that died for me. Yeah. Yeah. um, That leadership mentality, you know. Uh, we can even see in Moses when God told him to go speak to the rock. But because of his frustrations with the people, I'm the one having to lead them, and they, he hit the rock. Man. You know, um, uh, <laughs> um, I believe that your pastors and leaders all across the world, um, and I hope that people that are listening to this hear that that I'm not just talking about the Western church. Do I believe the Western church has some work to do? Absolutely. But it's the work of the Holy spirit. That's going to do it. Yes, sir. Um, but I mean, I see this all over the world as well. You know what I mean? God's, uh, man of power for the hour. Yeah. Um, pastor, fear the pastor, fear the apostle, fear the prophet, fear them, fear, you know, um, there, um, I went to Benin, and whenever I got done preaching a message there, the pastor of the house, uh, it was a big church, man. There was a lot of people there. Yeah. It was in the city. And I was shocked, to be honest with you. And we get back to his office, and um, his son comes back there, the past, senior pastor's son. 
he wants me to pray for him and whatever. Um, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. He dropped to his knees right in front of me. Holy Moses. Like bowed. And I stood him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stood him up. Yeah. I also watched that pastor when somebody came into his office when I was in there with him come in and wanted prayer from him and drop to their knees and bow. And he allowed it. Wow. It was like a sign of, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like what it was representing. I didn't like what it, what it, what it was about. You know, it's kind of like um, if I was an sh- actual shepherd of sheep, if my sheep only felt like they could bow when they came into my presence. Yeah. I don't know that they would necessarily trust me to, for me to say, if we climb this mountain, there's going to be some really good green grass and fresh water on the other side. Hmm. I feel like they would be like, well, we're going to watch you go and see what happens to you. You know? Wow. Um, I, I feel like pastors start out with the right heart and start out the right way. Um, but actually what happened was, is they were able to get sheep bite and they got bit enough that they felt like they needed to insulate themselves from the people mm-hmm. and build this wall of protection to protect their wife, to protect their kids. And so what begins to happen is, is then they don't have real relationships with their people, which yeah. to me is any type of a franchise format. Yes. Even in worldly businesses, this is the way it is. You know, yes, sir. I talk to the man upstairs. You know, you, you want me to take you up to the third floor or the fourth floor? You know, this call came from the, you know, I think it, I think you and everybody will understand that concept. And so by creating that insulation, which really became from wounds because sheep bite, yeah, um, they insulated themselves. And then ultimately, um, when people do see them, we as the people actually... For some reason, I, I don't totally get it, but I know it's true. Yeah. Go, oh my gosh, they're actually going to talk to me right now. Yeah. What an honor. And then they, you get so nervous, you don't even know what you're going to say. You don't even, you like, you forget your thoughts. I'm in their presence, man. I never get to spend any time with them. I never get to be around them. And you get all nervous. You never get to say what you want to say. And you feel like an idiot after you leave. Yeah. And, um, that's a that's not good, man. That's like being in the presence of like a a, a, a CEO. <laughs> yeah, and that's not being in the presence of a father. Yeah, it just kind of brings everything back to full circle. Fathers are approachable. Yeah, it makes it to where you can't even be yourself. You have to pretend. Yeah, I mean, it, but it, but it, but but it's how a lot of things got done in churches and get done in churches that fear deal of the of the the guy in charge you know and then there's also the adverse part of it to where once people get broke of that then they don't feel like they have to do anything in their house yeah which is wrong yeah you know people should always have the desire to do things in whatever you call your place of worship yeah you should have a heart to serve in some capacity in that house because yeah. that's where Yahweh is showing you his love. That's where he's revealing his nature to you in a corporate setting, and you should honor that. Bro. 
you should honor that house. Yeah. Both with what you do and with, you know, your finances. That's really his anyway. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. And that's a that's a weird one for me to kind of bring up, but it but but it brings me to this point. I believe that some people tithe to the name. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> right? Yeah. I believe that some people have tied to the man, and I can say that because ones that then get offended with how the man spends it stops tithing. Yeah. Well, you never were tithing to Yahweh. You were giving it to a man. I could go as far into a teaching as saying that was a Levitical offering. Yeah. Oh, but we've understood what we are not. Yeah. We are not a Levitical priesthood. We are a priesthood of righteousness. That's right. That's right. Oh, goodness. But I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I love this. This is just, this is our usual conversations anyway in, in the back office, yeah. you know, or whenever we're out and about. So this is, this is awesome. I love it. I feel like I've, I'm even walking away with, with some nuggets, you know, taking yeah. a step closer to healing and fixing some things in me that I know I'm walking out. So yeah, I, mean, I don't even remember what we just talked about. I don't worry, it's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> I'll, catch it. I'll catch it in the podcast. <laughs> no, but I, I really, really, really appreciate you coming through and uh, spending some time with me and, and being able to be up on this and, and help others that do listen. Um, just understanding the culture that we're in, but most importantly, understanding the kingdom. Yeah. We'll never promote um, culture over kingdom. Yeah. They can try to, you know, merge the two, but... I, I greatly honor your voice in, in my life, and I know Sarah feels the same and for our family. So thank you, you and Mom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was an honor to get to be on it. Look forward to it again. You know, enough people hear this, and the plethora of questions come if they even do. You know, yeah. you send me back on. I'll, we'll do our best to answer all every single one of them, and I'll say I have absolutely no idea. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think the next time I know I, I, I spoke with mom, she said she wanted to, to get on. And so I definitely have to have you too. And I'll, I'll try to see if uh, me and if I can get Sarah as well. We just make it a, a four way thing and, hey, and we'll just have some fun. That'd be fun. That would be cool. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for tuning in to Sons and Sparrows. Y'all take it easy.